0: I want to just briefly recap for a moment. I might keep you guys here with me for a little while, if that's all right. Uh, Genesis 35, nice to have you up here, Jackson, on the the little, that's like an acoustic little guitar, first day today. Very, very nice. Genesis 35, 11 and 12 is a a particular scripture that God has given to us uh, for this new era of our church. And this month uh, we've been doing, in essence, I've been doing what I would call a vision month. Often we'll do vision month at the start of the year in February. Um, and, and we do that and, and, and amazing things have been happening in our church this year. This, is, this has been one of the most uh, wonderful years in terms of the fruitfulness of things we've been praying for and believing for as a church for a period of time. Uh, we, you know in our vision builders, just one little thought, we're up to about $690,000 already. Uh, that's 50 grand more I think than we've ever have pledged. Uh, we're going to cross over the 700 I believe which is awesome. So we're talking about this being our biggest year ever on multiple facets and it is. But there's a sense that this is not just uh, about a vision for a month or a few months, but a a vision for the the next uh, 20 years of our church. A new era is breaking out for our church. We've had this spoken over us prophetically. And the word that God gave me for this new era about 12 months ago, and it spoke to my heart, I've been preaching out of it. It's Genesis 35, 11 and 12. And then God said, I am El." Shaddai, not El Chippo. Some of them think he is, but he's El Shaddai, which means God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. C three Kawana waters soon to be C three something else, but that's we're waiting for that. You will become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land that I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. This scripture is loaded with prophetic promises for our church, for this new era, this new season. And I'm so glad that you are here as part of this on the threshold of a new era for us together. I'm so glad it's not by accident that God's placed you here with us for the beginning of this new season. I believe He's got a a specific part for you to play in this season. And there's six aspects of this new era that for me come out of that scripture. I'm really recapping, but it's important enough to do this uh, on a consistent basis. The first one is that there will be greater levels of the miraculous in our church. Miraculous things on all different fronts. El Shaddai, God Almighty, God is able financial miracles, healing miracles, restoration miracles, situational miracles, things that only God can do, He wants to do. And I see a greater level of the miraculous in our church. The next one is unprecedented numbers of people being saved. You know, as a church, we're not here for ourselves is our primary mission. Our primary mission is the reaching of people right now who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here today and you've come with a friend or, or just like Chantel, you had a moment of, of reflection on your life and you find yourself responding to something that's going on in your heart and you're in church here today. It's not by accident. We're here to help you connect to God and begin a relationship with Him. And there'll be a moment for that a little later on that would begin a new era for your life as part of our church. The third thing is significant growth of our church. I will make you a, a great nation. A, a promise God gave to us years ago was a little one will become a thousand and a small one, a strong nation, and I, the Lord, will hasten it in its day. And for years we prayed, God, could, would you make us a church of a thousand? There's never, never been a church of a thousand in this particular area, of Caloundra, Kiwana, or on the Sunshine Coast. Would you, would you help us to break the barriers and do it? And we've done that as a church. But the next part is a little one will become a thousand, but a small one will become a great nation. I believe that's part of what God's got for us, a a nation and influencing a a nation. And out of that, multiplication across 10 locations. And we began to share with some of our key leaders this week about locations that we're foreseeing, our church planting uh, extra campuses of our church uh, locally and nationally. And we're going to be talking about that at our Dream Team United. And the date for that is, someone help me. August the 14th, thank you, Teresa. So that's coming up. Put that in your diary, August the 14th, the vision that God's given us in terms of locations and what we're gonna do. Number four. Kings will be among your descendants. And I talked about this last week, emergence of influencers and entrepreneurs who will have local, national and global impact out of the church being the the, the key sphere where God puts his hand on us out of this that will come influence into every sphere of society. And I preached about that last week and I'm going to pick that up a little bit further down the track as we move to uh, sermon uh, version 2.0 rather than the original one I was going to do today. So kings will be among your descendants. Number five is God's going to give us our miracle land. We've got land in, in Rainforest Drive. It's worth about a million and a half dollars. God's spoken to us about selling that for $5 million. He's talked to us about buying Power Road for, uh, I think it's about 30 or so acres at Power Road for $8 million. The owners have said to us, no, give it offer us 20 and we might think about it. But God's spoken to us about buying it for $8 million. We're wanting to buy that. We wanted to sell a portion of that and then build our own nationally significant facility for $10 million, which will be uh, debt-free is the vision for that. And out of that, as we start locations to start buying um, land and buying buildings from the get go, because the favor of God is about to unleash on this house for this new era. And the nations will see it. All right, that's number five. I'll give you your land. And numbers, I, I just feel the anointing on it as I talk about that. I'm telling you. Anyway, and number six is a new name. And we've decided that since we're not going to be here in Kiwana Waters. Um, and Kiwana Waters would be a little bit too restricting if we've got churches all along the coast and around the nation. So it would be weird if you went to a church in Kabucha and they said, welcome to C3 Church, Kiwana Waters. So we want to have a, a theme name. And I read the scripture during the week and uh, or no, just recently i was reflecting on it. It says, and I will give you a name of distinction. Not that our church will be called C3 Church Distinction, but it will be a name of distinction because God's wanting to do something in our group of churches as part of our wider C3 family, as part of the wider body of Christ family. But there's something unique that he's got for us to do. And so there will be a new name, not quite sure what it'll be, but we're all forewarned. All right, that's a new era that we're moving into as a church and there is a part for you to play in it, and I want you to find uh, what's a good match for your gifts and uh, your abilities the, the spiritual gifts that God's given you you might have already done session three discover your purpose and your spiritual gifts but you haven't had a chance to do session four that's straight after the service today you can go upstairs five minutes after the service and we, we've changed the name of it we've called it make a difference the idea is to take the gifts that God's given you and put on your priestly robes and begin to serve the family that God's placed you in and make a difference in the lives of people all around this church and beyond the four walls of this church. So if you believe we're heading for a new era, come on, give the Lord a great clap, give Him praise. Good days. And so as I began to pray and think last night, I really felt, found the Lord stirring me, not just about today, but about Powerhouse Conference this week. Uh, I really felt, uh, as I was praying about it, that the Lord began to, to, to encourage me to, to stir us up and to set us up for expectation for what God's wanting to do this week, okay? Um, one of the things that, that, that really was apparent to me and the, the presence of God came on me and it, often what, what happens for me when the Holy Spirit's talking to me, the presence of God comes on me, it's quite strong and, and thoughts start coming to my heart. It's not from my mind, it's flowing from Him. And the, the thoughts were that this Powerhouse Conference is exactly the right time that it needs to be for us as a church. It's, we've moved it from the beginning of the year uh, here. And it's, just, it's like, it's like a, the birthing of this new era. It, Powerhouse being at this time is part of it. Uh, it's, the, 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 the feeling of the conference that, that we've had is that it would be a, a time where people will come and will get on fire. Where people will come and get refreshed. Where people will come and, and open up to the, the possibilities of what God's got for us, for people who are believing God for a certain miracle will be able to lean in and see some a dimension of that unlocked, uh, where, where there will be a, there will be like a, a portal for a greater level of the miraculous flowing into our house. And so I'm, I'm excited about it. David Hall is coming. he's going to be speaking on Thursday night on the opening night. Uh, if you haven't heard David Hall, he, he's a great speaker with a passion for the Holy Spirit and the miraculous. Uh, we are looking at his Insta story last night, and he's, he's his church is in Adelaide, and uh, he had a photo of a storage container that they had that had been robbed and set on fire. And he said, we've been praying for a fire, but not this kind of fire. And uh, it reminded me of one of the original launch conferences we had when he was, his dad came. It would be about fifteen uh, probably fifteen years ago it was I think it was the first conference that we had here uh, that photo you saw earlier where it was just all blank and a little toilet block in the middle well it was around th- that stage of the church no walls no nothing and it was thinking hot and the conference was uh, the Australia Day weekend in January and so tin roof as you can imagine we had we had massive fans we'd been in for a number of months and it was it was just it was shorts and singlets to church for most people on Sunday through summer and so we brought in Tim Hall and he's a he's a big man Okay, he's a big man. And we had another guy called Fergus McIntyre. He's also a big man. And so it was like a, a sauna experience for these particular brothers. Uh, and they would have like, you know, we, we, someone had the pulpit roster to carry the pulpit backwards and forwards while there was like towels and hanky roster just for the preachers. So we thought, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get ahead of the game and we're going to get in air conditioning. And we hired in air conditioning. We broke the, ba- the bank. We thought, no, it's going to be amazing. And it like, yeah, it was temporary. And it didn't work. It just blew out hot air. The whole of the flipping conference. Talking about spiritual warfare. I, I was, some of you are like, yeah, there's always hot air blowing out when I come to church. From someone anyway so we're here and it's going crazy and at the end at the end of the week like this is warfare why is this thing not working and some of you all know this story but the stewards and and the team all gathered gathered around it to pray for the last day that this would be amazing and literally while they're laying hands on it and praying it, it, it spontaneously combusted and blew up and went on fire in that very moment So when we're praying God, send the fire at Powerhouse, let's be really specific what we're praying for Him to come and do in our midst. Send the Holy Ghost fire. Let us get on fire for God in this place. So David's going to be here on Thursday night and his assignment is to help us get on fire. To help us get back to that place. I don't know if you remember maybe you're here and you're on fire right now and I look around and I can see people who are on fire and you've just got an enthusiasm and a zeal and and when you're on fire, it's a little bit like when you're being... When you're in love for that first time, it's like there's, you, you, know, you see someone who's in love, and they just they can't keep their hands aside from each other. They're touching and they're hugging and they're looking into each other's eyes, and and you know they just want to spend every moment with one another because they're in that wonderful phase we call of being in love. And then you go, you know, you can keep stirring that up as you go. But this is not a married seminar; that's a whole other issue. You can keep you can keep recreating that. In your life, rather than just going, Oh, that was a nice honeymoon phase, and then the rest of my life it's just gonna be from there down to here and, and flat flatlining. No, you can keep creating the feelings of being in love. You might love your partner at this level, but the feelings of being in love will come and go. And there can be a sense sometimes with our spirituality that we can love God in our heart because we've made a decision and there's a sense of discipline about it because we love God. But the feeling of being in love with God can drift off. That's why in Revelation it says, I've got this against you. You've lost your first love. And then then it goes on and says, so this is how you get your first love. Return to your first works. Return to what you did. And what you did when you first were in love is you spent lots of time together. You gave each other gifts. You prioritized one another. You said nice words. You you did all these things. and, And therefore the feeling of love followed because you were doing these things. And then often what happens is we stop doing those things and the feeling of love goes away. But you can easily fall in love again by doing those things again. That's just a bonus marriage thought for someone here today. But the same works with your spirituality is you can easily get back on fire for God again. You've just got to return to your first works. You've got to put yourself in a place where the presence of God is strong. You've got to put yourself in a place where the Word of God is being preached. You've got to put yourself in a place where we're, where God is breaking down the walls of hardness that get around our heart through disappointments and discouragement and busyness and distraction. And so we've got to put our play ourselves in a place... And be responsible for our own spiritual walk to get on fire again. I want you to get on fire again over this next week. And you might, you might not have yet registered for Powerhouse. You might be like, "Oh, is that this week?" I know, I don't. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of how many. Like, oh, is that this week? But it, yes, it is. It starts Thursday night. But I want you to start to set an expectation for what God's going to do here. And Isaiah 2, verse 2 and 3 is a scripture I want to refer to. And it says this, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days, that's, the, that's these days. This is the Old Testament prophesying about these days. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. That's the That's the church. Of the seven mountains of influence in the society, the church will be the chief mountain that will influence every other sphere, every other pillar, every other mountain of society. And the world will come to the church for inspiration and the world will come to the church for the touch of God so that we can we can change nations, okay? And it will be exalted. It's It's the mountain of the house of the Lord. And many people will come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. To the house of the God of Jacob, he will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. You and I need mountaintop experiences. You and I need times where we withdraw from the normal pressures of life and we set time aside to go up a mountain. You see, if you're living in a valley right now, valleys are dry places. Often valleys can be difficult places. Often it's in the valley where you're prophesying over the dry bones. The dry bones will come to life. In the valley, you're digging ditches. You're, you're taking steps of faith. You're, sometimes there's a grind in the valley. Sometimes it's hard work in the valley. And there can be discouraged. All sorts of different things can be going on when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death there can be grief in the valley and we we need times to to draw us aside and get into a place of refreshing i know danielle's got a great word she's going to be preaching on on the friday morning about about refreshing about an oasis i'm just putting a teaser out there and there are times when when sometimes what we think is i just need a good holiday but it's not actually a good holiday we need. It's actually, what I need is the refreshing presence of God washing over me, washing over me. That's why Isaiah says, wait on the Lord and you will renew your strength. Good. I'm into good holidays, that's cool. But some, I've come back from good holidays still exhausted because it wasn't a holiday I needed. It was actually God's presence washing things off me that I was carrying that I needed. And so we come into his presence. So, so we're looking for a mountain experience. You know, in the, the, the children of Israel, God determined that three times a year, they would leave wherever they lived in Israel and they would make a trek to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem literally was up on a mountain. And then at the top point of the mountain, as you I think Toowoomba, going up the mountain, if you've ever been to Toowoomba, it's like I'm going up, think Jerusalem, I'm going up a mountain. And then the top of the mountain, on the mount top was the temple. It was, the, it was where they built the, the house of God, the place where Isaac was, was almost sacrificed by Abraham, the top of this mountain. That's where Jesus was crucified, on top of this mountain, so that the world would be changed from that particular point. And so to get to the mountain, you had to, three times a year, you had to plan. So to get to Jerusalem, if you might, you might live four days' walk away. You had to plan. You had to prepare. You had to climb. There was no cars. You, you actually literally, that's why a number of the Psalms are called songs of ascent. They were songs that they would sing as they were walking up the mountain, going to Jerusalem, going to the temple for a, for a week-long feast and festival. Because God knew that He needed to get His people consistently, not just every Sunday or Saturday in those times in the house of God, that He needed to get His people consistently to draw outside of the normal to a place of worship. And it was hard work. It's quite challenging fitting a conference into your week. It's quite challenging that, that, that you have to be pre-thinking and pre-planning and pre-organizing. And often it's easy to go, oh, I'll let it go. But, but God says, no, 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 come, let's go to the house of the Lord. Let's go to the mountain. Because when you get to the mountain, there's different things happen that happen than what happens in your normal everyday life. When you get to the mountain, and this is what I want us today, I want us to come, these are some things that happen in the, on the mountain. I want us to come hungry for the Word of God. So if you, this is about preparing your heart. You come hungry because there's there's moments when you get in that place where you'll hear a message or a word from God. And because of the specific environment of being drawn aside for days, 24 hours, 48 hours. And, you know, I understand some, some people can't make the whole thing. So just make whatever you possibly can guilt-free. But when you, when you get there, there, there will be moments where there will be a message from God. There might be one sermon. It might be a portion of a sermon that will have, the, it has the potential to change the next 20 years of your life if you're hungry for it. I, I think two years ago, I tried to myself as pastor of this church, I try to make sure I'm going to conferences and other things a few times a year where I'm not ministering, but I'm coming to receive so that I can, I'm i not I'm preaching so that I can sit there. And a couple of years ago, I was at a RISE conference, John and Jillian's conference in New Zealand. And I was sitting there and John Bevere's about to get up and preach. And, and I was just sitting in my seat and I, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God hit me. He said, this one is for you, lean in. And suddenly I just went, every, I was like, I was a little bit flitting. And suddenly I just went, I leant in. And that one message, I would say for the last two years, he talked about breaking free from a spirit of intimidation, breaking free from what the enemy wants to do in terms of control. For me, there was a moment of deliverance through the preaching of a message and the response to a message that then has cascaded into the leaders and the church and and significant moments for us this year of breaking free from things that are unlocking our destiny. One moment, I remember years ago, Pastor Phil came and preached a message here about finances and about a whole range of different things about your mindset, about money. And I would look back and I'd go, that one message, because of the atmosphere that was created, that one message did so much more in my thinking about myself and how much God wants me, the the way God wants me to see myself. One message can change everything. But you you gotta get to the mountaintop. Got to get to that place. You'll find that on a mountain you can see a view that you can't see when you're in the valley. On the mountain you can, you'll be able to see, and this is the thing that I have an expect, expectation for us, is that people are going to get visions from God for the next 20 years of your life. I have an expectation. I'm, I'm going to be preaching myself on Friday night. The Lord spoke to me exactly what to speak and, and what to minister on. I'm going to be preaching on Friday night. It's called The View from the Top. I believe God wants us if we'll draw aside. That's why I've been fasting. I encourage you to fast. That Fasting creates a hunger for God. And so I've been fasting. I encourage you, set some time aside. If you need God to speak to you for vision for your life, and make sure you're here, make sure you're fasting and getting ready, like God, show me. And you'll be there'll be moments whether they're whether they're prophecies or whether it's just in worship or at the end of a particular message or something that it's like shifts us enough, gets us up above enough to go, and God goes, That's what I'm showing you for your future. Often, often when you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking the mysteries of the future that God has for you. But he says, I'm not going to show you what it is because your perspective of life right now would actually discount what I'm wanting to do in your life and where I'm wanting to take you. So I'm just going to get you speaking in a heavenly language, speaking the mysteries of the Spirit, so you don't go and uh, um, sabotage my purpose and destiny for your life by messing it up with your current thinking. I've got to get you out of your current, and I've got to get you on top, and then as far as you can see, you can have it, but I've got to get you on top to get into that space. That's what... I believe God wants... I, heard, I was listening to someone this week talking about... They were sitting in the, in the president's office of a, of a president's country. of A, a country's president. I'm not going to name who it was. But it was a president of a significant country. And they were meeting with the president. And it was a, a pastor. And he's saying, I never wanted to be involved at a political level. God, I never asked to be doing this. And the Holy Spirit in that moment said, every time you prayed in tongues... You are asking to be used as an influencer to change this nation. That's what you were prophesying. Now I've got you here. You weren't asking for this in your mind, but in the spirit realm, you are asking according to the will of God. And sometimes you just got to draw back and God just goes, Shh, flash, flash. It's just like this, it's like the movie theater opens up and you go, oh, well, you know, sometimes you're at the start of the movies and the ads have been here, but then the curtains go back a little wider and you get the wide view. Sometimes you've had a glimpse of something, a sense of something that God's got for you in your future, but you need to get the full wide view. That's what getting on top of a mountain does. That's what shaking off the dust of disappointment, discouragement, getting into his presence does, get into his presence come hungry, come hungry, come hungry, come thirsty for the presence of God, come thirsty, hungry, hungry is, is the Word of God is like, okay, there, there is literally what you're going to hear, maybe six or seven sermons over the, over a, a few days together, Mike Connell, David Hall, Danielle, myself, there'll be lots of ministry moments. There'll be lots of extra worship moments. So th- th- there's there's going to be lots of hanging out together, having fun, eating food, all of, that sort of, all of that sort of thing. But if you come hungry, it's the Word of God that will become like a chiropractic adjustment for your mind because we need it. We need the Word of God. To Often people will say, oh, those church people are just brainwashing you. You've heard me say this before if you've been around for a little while, but if you were just to put the video screen of the thought life that I have at that times, you would know that I need brainwashing. And don't go sitting there like you're judging me right now because I know if we put your thoughts up on the big screen that you need some brainwashing and it's the Word of God that washes our brain. Word after sermon, after message, Scripture after Scripture, it gets in and instead of start thinking the way the world thinks because Netflix has been dominating our thinking or the news or the newspaper, whatever it is, instead of that dominating our worldview, we're going to hear the Word of God come and go click, 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 adjust. Oh, bam, now I can hear from God about my future because he's He's, he's fed me the word and has changed my thinking. I come thirsty because I need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I said this uh, earlier this year, but the, that, the danger of a person getting dehydrated is you lose your thirst. That's one of the signs that you've crossed over and you're no longer thirsty, and so that becomes a that becomes a difficult or challenging situation when you're dehydrated and you know you actually don't even want to drink water. I once, when I was in the Army Reserve, did a ten kilometer run, and I've never done one before and I've never done one since. Because running without a ball in your hand or a competition didn't make doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, some of you love it, so that's all good for you guys. And I'm running and I and I all I had for breakfast was a banana and it was in Inogra in the hills of Inogra and it was about 38 degrees or something like that. And I'm running along, running along, running along, dehydrating, not realizing it, not realizing it. I, just I need to get more water into me. Literally, I can see the finish line as I'm jogging down, the, down towards the finish line and in my mind, this mantra is going over in my head. It's just mind over matter. It's just mind over matter. Push your body, it's just mind over matter. And then I woke up in a bath. Because I collapsed from heat stroke. And it wasn't just mind over matter. I actually needed a lot of water. And I, I woke up and there's these people over me splashing me with wake up, wake up, wake up, because you you'd collapsed. Some of us are just charging along with life, spiritually dehydrated, lost the, the enthusiasm lost the joy of worship, lost the joy of reading the Word of God, lost that sense of fire on the inside of us, but we've got some mantras inside of us that are wrong. Just gets this just mind over matter. Just keep pushing through, it'll be all right. Just keep pushing through, it'll be all right. All you need is a holiday, then you'll be right. Get to the weekend, then you're gonna be all right. It's just a season of life, it's gonna be all right. And God comes and He says, no, 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 that's not the mantra for you. The mantra for you is be thirsty for the presence of God. Get thirsty for God. Get, get hungry for His Word. Get thirsty to be in worship. You might find yourself for the first night not feeling a thing. I'm not feeling it like jeez I'm not sure what's going on with the worship team tonight I'm just not feeling it maybe it's not them it's not me it's you you've heard that it's not you it's me maybe that's not you it's me maybe the second morning something will just begin to crack the dryness that you've been feeling the discouragement that's just been washing over you. And when you're in it, you don't realize it. That's why you've got to get out of it. The third time we sing and we worship, tears start to flow. You're like, God, I didn't realize how dry I was. didn't realize how, how distant I've got from you. I want to come back to my first love. I want to come back to your presence. I want to hear the whisper of heaven again. I'm thirsty, Lord. I didn't realize how desperately thirsty I am until I got into this place. The last thing is come expectant for the power of God. Come expectant that there'll be moments, there'll be miracles, there'll be, there'll be vision moments for you. There'll be, I remember at seven years old going to a conference. And the founder of this church was the kids pastor at this conference, Patty Fletcher and Graham Fletcher, they were there. And at seven years old, I had a moment with God because my parents made a decision to drive 15 hours to this particular conference that they they were leading. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues for the very first time. And I look back on that particular moment as a life changer. I look back a a year or two later and I was in, in that same conference and God convicted me about lying. i just started to make lists i remember sitting i remember sitting in the car on my own saying god i'm so sorry i've lied these little lies i've been telling to my parents confessing to them and and god found a way to get inside of my heart to stop patterns that could have kept going and it was a power of god moment And, and i would say to parents often i know the challenges of parents saturday's sport day or saturday's this day you know what it's it's okay for the sake of an encounter with the power of God. It's okay for, a, for the sake of a, of a moment for your children encountering God just the way you need it, your children need it. Not just for a fun program, not just for babysitting, but for an encounter with God that can just readjust their thinking, readjust their mindset. They'll get filled with the Holy Spirit. They'll have a moment of seeing visions. They'll get their, their future downloaded to them in the house of God. Mom and Dad, do whatever you can to get your kids into this place, into this conference. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. It's going to be so powerful. Times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. I want us just to close our eyes right now. There are miracles that are going to unlock. Faith's going to come into your heart for vision that God gave you years ago and it's going to come back to you. So I'm praying, Father, right across this place as we set our hearts this week to meet with you, as we set aside time to to climb up, to be in a place where you're gonna touch us, heal us, refresh us, get us on fire. I'm asking Holy Spirit, the wind of heaven would wash over us. Lord, help us prioritize being with you Let it begin. Let it begin. Let it begin. God, let it begin. I I can sense God will be talking to different people right now about just making some adjustments and reprioritizations. Go with it. The reason He'll be doing that is because He knows what He's wanting to do for you and in you. As we come to a close right now, the most important thing that we could do from here is if you're here this morning and you don't actually have a relationship with God then I'd love to lead you in a prayer that you pray from your heart of surrendering your life to God and receiving His love into your heart, receiving Him you were created for a relationship with God you'll never really be fully satisfied You'll always be hunting for something, looking for something. Because at your very core, you're created, and every one of us have been created to first and foremost be in relationship with our Creator, our Father. He loves us, and He wants the best for us. You might be thinking, well, what is my purpose in life? Well, the, the way you discover your purpose is, your number one purpose is that relationship with Him. And then out of that relationship, God comes and he, he says, this is what I made you for. This is what I wired you up for. This is, this is what's going to bring you true meaning in your life. But you only find it as through a connection to Him. You can be drifting around in circles, looking pretty happy on the outside. But inside, you know something's missing. And this morning, I want to pray with you. I want to help lead you in a prayer of connection with God. Surrendering your life to God. That's why He sent Jesus jesus came so that we could be made right and holy acceptable to god you can't be acceptable to god in your own strength or ability none of us are good enough but jesus came so that we could be forgiven and we could be acceptable to god forgiven of all of our sin all of our mistakes and so if you're here this morning in a moment i'm going to simply ask you if you're saying john yeah that's me i need a relationship with god I want to put my trust in Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand and then I'll say, I see it and then put it down and then I'm going to lead you in a prayer that will change everything. Or maybe you've made a decision at some point in your life to walk with God, but you drifted away from Him. And you know it's time to get right with Him again. Today is the day to get right with Him. Today is the day to begin the new era for your life. Reconnecting with Christ. Surrendering your life afresh to Him. And if that's you in a moment, raise your hand as well. Or third, maybe you're here this morning and you're just not sure if you're going to go to heaven when you die. You're not sure in your heart, but you want to be sure. It's way too important to be not confident about. You have a maybe a fear of death or an uncertainty. You believe God's real, but you're just not sure you're going to heaven. When Jesus forgives you of your sins, His Holy Spirit comes and lives in you and you have a confidence and a peace about eternity. And if you don't have that, I want to include you in this prayer right now. So right now, while every eye's closed, Father, I pray that you would move on people's hearts, people who are watching online, you'd move on their hearts. And I'm asking Holy Spirit that this moment right now would be a moment of change and transformation, a moment of power for every person. So if that's you right now, all eyes are closed, you're saying, John, I want that relationship with God or I need to come back to Him, or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven, would you just raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I need God in my life. I want to make that connection today. I've drifted away from God and I want to reconnect with Him. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to include you in this prayer. God touches you today. Often what happens in a moment like this is your, your heart starts to pound because God doesn't speak to your mind. He speaks to your heart. And you'll, there'll be a sense that these words are going, they're bypassing your mind. They're going straight to your heart because God says, I've got something better for you, but you just got to surrender to me. God says, I've got something greater for your life, but I need you to surrender to me. And in that moment, it becomes a step of faith. Logically, it might not fully make sense, but something in your heart tells you it's the right move. And this is what happens when you make that move. When you take that step of faith, then as God comes and lives in your heart, He begins to make sense of everything to your mind. Don't wait until you understand everything because it is a step of faith. Respond to Him with your heart right now, and then you'll be able to come into an understanding with your mind. If that's you, I want to pray with you right now. Raise your hand. You're saying, John, I want that relationship with God. I'm reconnecting with Christ today. I want God in my life. All right, wonderful. I want us to keep our eyes closed. And if you're watching online and you're wanting to pray this prayer with us, let's pray this prayer together. Church, I want us to pray this prayer. Can you think of someone you know right now who's out of relationship with God, who needs to come back to relationship with God? Maybe they're gonna come this week to Powerhouse. Maybe this is a, the Holy Spirit can move on you. But pray this as a prayer of faith on their behalf. Say these words after me. Dear God, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for my sin. I'm sorry. I invite you into my life. I receive the Holy Spirit. I thank you today that I'm born again, that I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For all our friends, we're believing to come to Christ. Come on, let's put our hands together. Thank Jesus for the work he's doing. Why don't we stand to our feet, guys? God bless you.